Happy bloody Father's Day. All the dads out there, big happy Father's Day to you. Um, I am having a Father's Day slash birthday today. Bam! How was about that? Um, that's pretty good, hey? Every now and then, the two mesh together and Father's Day lands on uh, my birthday. So ah, pretty pretty chuffed with myself uh, today, to be honest. The double banger. What, do you, what, do you, what else do you want, really, in life? You got Father's Day. Everybody, uh, um, sort of make way to to uh, show respect to the dads this time of year, and you get a double banger birthday as well. So, um, trying to flex my um, my birthday boy muscle today and, and get as much stuff done for me as possible uh, as I possibly can. Um, had all the presents this morning in bed. Went for a big long walk with the kids and the missus this morning. Um, and then we kind of hit a bit of a, a headland skid, really, trying to find something else to do. We kind of cruised out, uh, went looking for somewhere to have a bit of morning tea, kind of, yeah, late late breakfast, early lunch, morning tea kind of, kind of deal, which can be super, super hard in town, man, and it was pretty disappointing. Really not much open, went down to the train, which was packed out and big long wait for pretty average food really um so we ended up going around to the provador which was fine it's like 11 30 sort of by the time we got there and um sat down and just ate a little bit of a, a light lunch because i got the taste now that i want to go down to the esplanade and have a beer 
and like a late, late mid arvo lunch. So I'm kind of saving myself for that. Go down there and have a beer and maybe a cider and uh, some fish and chips, something, something like that, and then come back and have a bit of a cook up at home this afternoon. That's kind of my plan. Yeah, it's it's always a bit hard finding things to do, especially in the morning or in like the mid to late arvo in town. There's just nothing open, man. It's pretty lame. Really, I know that in Caratha, just down the road from us, you'd be able to go out and have a brunch, a late lunch in, in, a, in a handful of different spots, get a good coffee, you know, just, just some easy food. Sometimes you don't want to go out and have a full-blown sit-down, wait 20 minutes breakfast deal, um, you know, and you're not quite ready for a steak sandwich at like 11, 11.30 in the morning, whatever it is. So you just want that brunch kind of a good coffee and, and vibe kind of feel and headland just really doesn't kind of deliver on that Rikers in south would be probably pretty good for it but I just didn't feel like driving um all the way over there today so <sighs> that's, that's headland for you isn't it but anyway let me backtrack a little bit <laughs> welcome to episode number 79 of the average man podcast Malibu brought in there by Miley Cyrus believe it or not Miley Cyrus that's right I'm a man of eclectic tastes uh, yeah, brought in by Miley Cyrus there for reasons I will disclose shortly, besides the fact that I just like that song. Um, but some quick shout outs as well before we move on to some local uh, businesses and local legends doing their thing. Uh, shout out to PPC Productions. Stumbled over that one for, for some reason. There's only three letters. Uh, shout out to PPC Productions, Shafted Spearfishing. Shout out to Captured by Carlos, Ironworks, Life and Soul. Uh, big shout out to Beards and Shears, Pressure Force, and the Northwest Liquor. Hey, those dudes have got some pretty cool, like, boutique kind of canned beers there at the moment. I had a, a rum and fruit infused IPA yesterday in a can, which was quite nice. You know, they're not. They're not session beers. You wouldn't sit down and drink four or five of them. Excuse me, I just moved the microphone. Made a bit of a bit of a bump, um, you know. But they're good to just have one or two, maybe with a meal when you feel like trying something different. So big shout out to Beards and Cheers. You know, they're always ha- oh, sorry to Northwest Liquor. They're always having a crack. Uh, those dudes and and I think I've said uh, a few times on the podcast before. I do like to buy there um, as much as possible. Um, you know, support the, the local guys, but then again, sometimes I kind of just fall victim to the the convenience and the the, um, the price tag attached to getting just some some wines or beer or whatever at, at, at uh, your local liquor land or whatever. But yeah, big shout out to Northwest Liquor Man. I'm always keen for the little guys, especially in the liquor industry where it's just been taken over by, by big corporations who kind of have uh, a pretty good stranglehold on that industry in Australia. Um, it must be hard to be a smaller – I know they're liquor barons now, but they're still sort of locally owned, you know, even though it's been franchised. Uh, they're not a liquor land or uh, – um, oh, what's the one over in – what's what's the one attached to Coles? What are they called? Well, uh, they might be – yeah, there's BWS, liquor land, you know, all, 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 and there's those big chains around the place now. So, And, and my brother-in-law used to manage a, a locally owned um, bottle shop in Clarkson down in Perth for years used to manage that one and you know um i know that it's really hard for those guys to compete with the bigger brands they got to get creative so shout out to those dudes um shout out to junction co i'll be having katie evans on for a chat pretty soon i think we said maybe next weekend or the weekend after we need to tee that one up um i've been trying to get some guests on lately and it's all coming they're all in the 
in the works. It's just uh, none of them have presented themselves for um for uh, an interview yeah, in the weeks pr- uh, that have just passed us by. So they probably all want to hook up and and um, have a chat on the same weekend, and I'll have to. Um, shuffle them around but that's kind of looking like the way it's going to end up at the moment but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it uh, yeah so brought in by Miley Cyrus Malibu and basically I just thought I'd um, this ties in a little bit today with what I wanted to chat about um, so Miley Cyrus obviously of Hannah Montana fame and then you know her dad pop was a country western star in the 90s you know one hit wonder but a massive star she was born into fame um and a privileged life and had the right connections and everything and then was pushed into to that pop starlet kind of um Disney uh, lifestyle herself I think her mum got her auditioning for for whatever Disney show Hannah Montana I think well I don't know if she did something before that but got her mum got her into that whole scene as a young kid and her life just flowed on from there so pretty crazy sort of upbringing child star famous dad moving into being a pop star herself and then she went through the whole uh, breaking out of that uh, box she'd been put in. I mean, she had no chance uh, really as a as a as a young and coming up because she was already branded like full blown branded from th- the time she was a kid and pushed into it by her mum and everyone had their own pre um their own yeah pre pre formed ideas about who she was. So she had to, to go through this whole um <clears throat> breaking out of that box and she obviously went quite like she went hard in the paint. <laughs> Let's put it that way when she. I think it was the wrecking ball song, maybe. And she comes out, she's like half naked or naked, swinging on a wrecking ball, and then she's twerking up on stage with uh, at some other awards stage show, like you know, wearing next to nothing, and she's getting involved in the partying, drugs, uh, their sex, drugs, rock and roll kind of scene. And I think she went through that whole period where she really had to shed her skin and 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 um, kind of get rid of those old um, those old ideas people had about her already. So she went quite wild and then she seems to have come, you know, maybe not full circle yet, but seems to be coming back around a little bit more down to earth and, and just becoming just an artist in her own right now. She's still only only quite young, I think 26. She was on Rogan's podcast last week and I think she's only 26, which I actually was surprised by. I thought she'd be early 30s or at least late 20s by now. But, yeah, 26 years old. And doing really well for herself. She's she seems quite switched on. She wants to have a long, you know. She talks a lot about longevity and and uh, that kind of stuff. And um, and she seems like she's an actual artist as well, aside from being a pop uh, princess or pop queen, really, and a child star and, and all that kind of other shit uh, as well. But what I wanted to to talk about again today, and this ties in, uh, is is this whole um, idea of self censorship. Uh, that is something that is hard to break away from in today's culture. Um, the the PC culture that we got, the cancel culture. Uh, everybody's super uh, sensitive and gets offended really easily. Uh, there's things you could you could do and say in the '90s and even early 2000s, and, and obviously for sure '80s and earlier that you just cannot get away with uh, anymore. You can get away with them, but there's there's, there's big repercussions and, and there's this cancel culture. So people have their livelihoods taken the, away from them. And, um, with social media as well, it's a lot easier to point the finger at people and accuse people of things. And, and, and kind of, it, there's a lot of throwing shit at the wall and just seeing what sticks. Um, and apparently, and unfortunately it's quite often the negative that sticks, even if 
things um, people are proven innocent against accusations or, or they're able to make a good account of themselves after the fact. It does, it's never as big a news as the dirt uh, is. And Miley Cyrus is definitely somebody that had to uh, – she definitely did not self-censor herself. She went fully the other way. And that would have been pretty hard when you think like to be her in her own head, in her uh, little box that she'd been put in and managers and and agents and producers and directors and, and all these kind of people uh, telling you what they want you to do and the, re- the direction that you should go in and that you're going to ruin your career and all this kind of stuff and to just blow all that off and go, you know what, no, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm blowing all that off and going against people that um, that are advising you and making your own path. That's a pretty big uh, ballsy kind of move um, for somebody, especially a young person. She would have been in like late late teens, early twenties when she really sort of shook that that image off. Um, and yeah, it's so easy to just self censor and stay safe in your little zone. Um, it, it's kind of like yeah, again, especially in today's social media. Um, and cancel culture kind of uh, era that we're living in. Um, and, and this has happened again recently, this whole um, this whole thing of people accusing people of certain things, especially on the piggybacking on the whole Me Too movement. Um, there's a guy, Brian Callan, who's a comedian and a podcaster. Uh, he's got his own podcast, Fighter and the Kid, and he's done a bunch of other things. He's, he's an actor in his own right uh, as well. And like about a month ago, he had some one woman specifically, and then a couple of other women women piggybacking on the, the 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 tale of it, but coming out and saying that he had sexually sexually abused or sexually assaulted one of the women, and then was sexually um, uh, inappropriate with the others. And these accusations really seemed out of character for for this guy. You know, when you listen to the people's podcasts, you're hearing them talk for hours and hours and on, on end, week in, week out, uh, the, all the people that know him, married, go with kids, all this sort of stuff. It really didn't gel. But that's, you know, there's there's Bill Cosby's out there for sure. Like there can be people that dupe that dupe the masses. And But this I think this really seemed like the people that know him really didn't think that this kind of gelled with who he was. And he didn't hide away from the accusations, didn't take his managers and, and, and agents sort of advice and, and kind of lay low and let it let it kind of blow over a little bit. He came head on and put a video out uh, denying it. Um, and it really the more the story develops, it seems like there's no substance to these accusations. Um, who knows what the motivation behind it is. Uh, he's got money, so that's one of them. That's one motivation, I suppose. But it's really sad because, again, as much noise as he's making and his friends are making about it, it'll never be as big a news as it was that he uh, been accused of of rape. And that's kind of the way these things happen. The the negative is such a huge, big story, and then even when somebody can can acquit themselves, they, it's never the same. Like the the same energy by the media isn't put into telling that story which is just kind of bullshit, and especially if you're not on the right side of the media, you know, if you're not in their, their little group, um, you know, you're not in the same influence circles that they're in. So this whole idea of self-censorship can um, be quite uh, oppressive, I guess, to people who are trying to operate in a public space. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, there's, there's I thought it was something worth talking about, and, and I guess um, for me there's... Uh, a few people 
um, in particular, and definitely certain certain occupations uh, in in the media and in um, entertainment that are really uh, running the that they're really at the foreface forefront of the race uh, for people to to protect those boundaries. Um, like comedians, definitely would be would be people who are at the forefront of, of, of protecting freedom of speech and, and people's right to express their opinions and not to follow the status quo. And, you know, it's, it's, it's brave of comedians, but they are in a group, I guess, and it is their kind of job to be not just social commentators, but to really break down those barriers and say there's nothing that you can't actually talk about. We should be able to talk about and even joke about everything. Um, and then that opens up and keeps open the pathways for discourse. Um, because when you can't talk about something, then you can't have real conversations about it. All of a sudden, it becomes kind of bullshit. You can't uh, people have to tiptoe around the issue, and it's not healthy. And it's happened a lot, of, a bunch of times. It happens. It's happened with religion. It's happened with race relations. It's happened with sexuality and gender. Um, you know, uh, gender roles and and different. Uh, yeah, gender. I guess you could just say gender in general. There's all these things that have been. Uh, it's led by these academic um, circles, like uh, you know the the universities and and um, the professors and and a lot of the the left wing kind of media types who who really have set up these boundaries, things you can't talk about, can't joke about, can't uh, be, you can't do anything except toe the line. And comedians have a really important job, in my opinion, of breaking down those barriers and making sure that we still can talk about them. Um, they've got a really good sword to use in that fight in that battle because they don't have to believe everything they say. It just has to be funny. So you can say some outlandish shit and you don't have to stand by your comments and say, Oh, this is what I really believe. It's just, it's just a comment. It's just a thought. It's just, uh, uh, it's, it's, and it's out there in the world and people can hear it and laugh and then they can go, okay, well that was fucked up, but, um, I see what you're saying. And even though what you said isn't true, it was funny, but it opens up the, the, the pathways for us to then have a conversation about this thing that we weren't allowed to talk about or we're not supposed to be able to talk about. So that's really, really important. Um, and, and it's kind of it's, – it's sad to see a lot of comedians who are too scared to do that these days and they really want to toe the line and, and be on that same side. People are scared of being called out and being pulled down and cancelled and all that sort of stuff, so they really want to stay in line and toe the line. And they want to go ahead and say things like you, you you can't you can only punch up you can't punch down in comedy you know meaning you can't take the piss out of people who are apparently in a lower social or even economical status than you which is just bullshit um, you should be able to talk about joke about anything um, you know if people don't like it they're 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 more than happy to they're, they're more, they have their right uh, more than in their rights to express their their opinion and their, and their um, uh, opposing views on on the the subject so yeah i think that's really that's really important and there's a few guys um at the forefront uh of that uh of that of those comedians um that are really really gangsters when it comes to this before i I go down that rabbit hole though uh, i think as well uh podcasting not on my scale but podcasting when you're um you know the joe rogan's and the uh, Mark Marins and um, uh, oh, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but even Brenshaw, Brian Callan from Fighter and the Kid, and, and uh, there's a lot of guys out there, Bill Burrs. There's a lot of guys who are podcasting, and they, and they're kind of in that hot seat as well, where they can really talk about anything, keep those 
those um, pathways for discourse open. They can have all kinds of different guests on their podcast, and they can they can really flesh out ideas in long in long form. So you can really get to the nuances of different people's ideas and perspectives, rather than just having short um, sound bites or really short discussions amongst people with opposing opinions. Um, and you really it's really hard to get to the meat of those those problems or even see the person behind the, the ideas in, in um, a short period of time. So podcasts have been really important for that as well because if you can sit down with someone who's on the right wing, someone who's on the left wing, someone who's in the middle, someone who's got extreme views, somebody who toes the line, you can sit down and, and chat to all these different people over a um, period of time and we get to hear those those ideas fleshed out. Uh, yeah, So there, that's really important as well. Um, but back to the comedians, I think somebody who's been really um, – a really a real front runner in this is this kind of uh talk about anything joke about anything say whatever the hell they want uh, a real gangster in that sense is um Ricky Gervais um I've always really enjoyed Ricky Gervais uh I didn't realize until I was kind of watching a few YouTube clips of him recently um following him back a little bit cuz he's kind of he's probably been famous for 20 odd years now and I didn't really so you know when someone's famous from a certain period of time in your life, you just you don't pay attention to when they really came up. So I didn't realise that he was sort of no one in the public. He wasn't in the public space at all until he was in his 40s, early 40s, I think, when The Office hit. And again, I'm not sure if he wrote The Office or if it was just his portrayal of I think he might have had a, at least a hand in writing it, Those a lot of those characters anyway the, and the premise. And he played... Um, David, oh, people who know the office will be screaming at the uh, screaming at me through the through the uh, airwaves right now. I can't think of the dude's name. Uh, anyway, the character he plays in the office is what really brought him into prominence, and then they did the extras as well, and then he kind of went on to do a few films here and there, became stand-up com- comedian, and I think you know he he worked a regular job before that, so he really came to prominence late in his life, which is probably what gives him such a sort of unique and down-to-earth view as well. He wasn't a guy who was rich and famous um, and successful in his 20s or even 30s. It was, it was in his 40s. He was a normal guy living a normal life until he was in his 40s. So he kind of doesn't give a shit about the the social, um, you know, the social rules and, and, um, and the social dance that you're supposed to take part in when you're in those circles, those Hollywood kind of circles. Probably helps when that you live in England as well. You don't have to, you know, in Los Angeles or New York, seeing these kind of people on a daily, weekly basis. But he's just gangster about it, man. You watch some of his um, self censorship is not on his radar at all. It's not something that he's interested in. It's not something that he takes part in at all. He's super brutal and witty and sharp and quick, uh, and super awkward when he's he's ripping into to people face to face with them. Bill Burr's another one, but he kind of does it more on a personal level whereas Ricky Gervais kind of goes after people's he goes after the bigger picture that that person's a part of so he'll rip down Hollywood in general and the actors and the producers and he'll rip down people who think that their shit doesn't stink because they're in a particular um, group Uh, and then he'll do it directly face to face with one certain person whereas Bill Burr will just take the piss out of whoever he's talking to because of who they are or something they just said to him or whatever you know the situation at hand whereas Ricky Gervais really goes down to 
goes after those structures, those social constructs and rips those down in front of people using the people as pawns. And it's quite awkward and hilarious and awesome to watch. So if you get a chance, go check him out, some of his stuff on YouTube. You can just check out, I think there's a clip called Ricky Gervais' Most most Gangster Moments or Thug Life Moments or something along those lines. And they'll just you'll just see clips of him just tearing shreds off people to their face on, you know, in public on camera. Um Guys that are interviewing him, he's done the Golden Globe Awards like five times, and just rips the sh- the shreds rips shreds off the the Hollywood locals um, every single time. And the last time, which was this year, was sort of one of the most notorious uh, showings he's ever had, or the most notorious showing he's ever had. He was just brutal, so brutal. The things he's talking about, Jeffrey Epstein being friends with a lot of the people in Hollywood and he's talking about how they all worked for Harvey Weinstein and and then how that they're so when they need when they come up and accept their awards they just need to grab their little award, shut the fuck up and get off stage and stop trying to talk to people about um, important issues in life and all this kind of stuff and it was just great and brutal and he's standing there just looking these people in the face, just tearing them apart. It's so great. So great. And people love it. So it takes a lot of balls to do that as well. Ricky Gervais is a real gangster of it. As I said, Bill Burr, um, great at doing the same uh, in his own way, the same sort of thing, does not care about uh, what he's supposed to say, what he's allowed to say, just goes, you know, he's just straight off the cuff, says what he what he believes, what he thinks. It's great, people like that. Obviously, Rogan's a really good um, in the podcast realm. He's probably the, the gold star um, standard for... for um, those having those conversations, just all different people from all different walks of life, long form, three hour podcasts, sometimes, you know, plus sometimes, um, really drawing people's ideas out and, and challenging those ideas in real time and, and watching them work their way back, you know, into the conversation and, and, and proving their point of view, um, things like that and he maintains enough knowledge of a bunch of different subjects that he can hold conversations with athletes, musicians, professors, um, you know, all, all dip, people from all different doctors and, you know, people from all different walks of life and, and things like that. So it makes it really, really interesting. And, and um, yeah, I just think that that whole idea of self-censorship, it's so easy to fall into, even for me. Um, I'm super amateur, obviously, but I'm, I'm struggling to um, make sure I talk about things that are I find important and not hide my point of view but then also taper down my way my casual way of talking a little bit I heard the last maybe there was a handful of podcasts recently where I thought I'm being too free with my language you know like I'm just like a talker like I would be just talking to one of the boys um, one of my mates or something and it can be a little a little um, crass or a little a little rough around the edges and you've got to try and find that balancing act where I need to be me and I need to talk about things that I feel are important and show my real opinions and my real um, personality but I can, I'll probably need to – I can probably um, clean some of the edges up a little bit so it's easier to listen to for people. So I'm trying to juggle that at the moment. But, yeah, really just trying to not self-censor myself because you think about the kind of people that listen to it. My parents listen to the bloody podcast a lot of the time, people you know, people you work with, all that kind of shit, um, and that's great. But I've got to try and not think about that and really just uh, open my mind up and, and say what's what's on my mind when I do this podcast because that's the whole point of it. And I think that if you're not genuine and you're holding back, that's going to come through and people are going to um, – they're really going to hear that. So, so, yeah, that's my little take on – on self-censorship and, and authenticity. 
Um, yeah, where else are we? Hey, I've been f- I've been following a bunch of these um, families who are travelling Australia at the moment. Obviously, the premier sort of uh, group would be Trip in a Van, who um, most people know about. I've spoken about them on this podcast before as well. They've got a really successful YouTube channel. They've got big Instagram for, um, you know, numbers as well. Uh, blogging, vlogging, YouTubing, Instagram. Uh, they're, they've got partnerships with a bunch of companies now. I think they even got a free-to-air show going at the moment too. Um, so that's really cool, man. Those guys are making a living, a decent living, uh, traveling the country with their kids, homeschooling and all that kind of stuff. There's a few other guys I've been following as well. Um, one day we should. There's a couple from Tasmania with a couple of kids who are traveling around. There's the Blonde Nomads. I think they still work and have a home base but do a whole lot of touring from their home base. Um, the big trip are a couple that are in Headland at the moment. I think I might uh, tee up with them and have a bit of a chat as well before they shoot off uh, about how they're doing it. Um, yeah, there's a few people in town as well I know who are planning on doing this in the next couple of years, next few years. So it seems to be a big, big idea at the moment that people are really working towards and I just love it. Obviously, I think I've mentioned uh, that's something I'm really working towards as well, being able to do a nine month to year long trip around Australia there's a lot of planning that goes into it especially financially so that's kind of where we're what stage we're in at the moment just um getting the funds together and then start looking at time frames but I'm so so interested in the whole idea and I just want to chat to people who are doing it chat to people who have done it chat to people who are you know um thinking of doing it um and I got yeah like I said a a couple coming on uh, I think we're going to tee that up pretty soon who are in the middle of doing theirs right now I think the guy still works so he's FIFO so they they must travel in between his stints which is kind of uh, a weird little setup so I'd like to see how they how they're managing that but obviously as I said the the premier couple doing it are the trip in a van guys really just nailing it and making good money on their way around as well so super super interested in that at the moment you should check out some of their stuff on youtube man and i just think that people in australia especially have a real affinity for that idea of packing it all up selling everything you don't need getting on the road just traveling around the country with your family and just seeing it all and you know um especially now you can't go overseas it's a really great time to 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 put that uh, on the front burner rather than the back burner and make it a reality and that's sort of where i'm at at the moment i just love the whole idea um, yeah, watching people who are doing it and who are gearing up to do it. Obviously, the money is something that's going to take time to to build up and and to. I got an idea of how much we need and what we want to spend and all that sort of stuff. I definitely want to do it debt free, so not something you want to tick up the bank to um, to get the gear you need and, and head off. So that's really what the setting up and um, stage is all about. Um, yeah, and yeah, as far as that as well. I'm, I have put the idea of sponsorship for the for the podcast a little bit on the back burner lately because it's something that makes me um, uncomfortable putting myself out there and asking people to get on board and, and sponsor me either financially or even just with uh, exposure via their social media and, and things like that. I, I, I dip my toe in the water and I kind of pull it out and that's a little a problem of mine that I kind of need to overcome to get to the next stage in this podcast. I need to put myself out there more and approach local businesses and say, hey, man, this is what I'm doing. I'm willing to represent your business. And are you willing to sponsor me either with just 
again, exposure via your social media or even um, some sort of uh, funding to help promote and advertise your business. So that's something that I struggle with, makes me uncomfortable. I was like that when I ran my business as well. I find it hard um, to to promote myself and push that out there, but really is something that I need to get better at because it's the only way that I'm going to actually grow this thing and turn it into a viable financial little side project, even if it's just, even if it's just money I can put towards this whole idea of traveling around the country and doing this and helping buy gear for it and things like that because there's a bit of audio visual gear to build up as well before you really take off and, and get it um take off and get running and have a, a uh, the right gear to get good audio and visual for for podcasting and youtubing so yeah that's something i need to work on in the, in the coming months to to year kind of period um yeah, and about that that video audio visual um, setup. Actually, I think I talked to last week about looking at the new GoPro eight um, and a media mod for it and things like that. And I actually bought that this week, so I've got that in the mail coming. So as soon as that arrives, I'll be figuring out how I can record every episode as well as record it, splice the two together, put the audio out on the podcast forums, and then put all my video up for every podcast I do on YouTube because uh, YouTube kind of does better, has better numbers. I better subscriptions, all that sort of stuff. So it's a really good space to get into and be consistent. So that will be happening very soon. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it work with just uh, iMovies on my Apple Mac. So um, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, pretty excited about that one. Bit of a bit of an outlay on on the old GoPro and a bit of recording and, and media mod equipment for that one too. So looking forward for that to rock up in the in the mail. Uh, what else? Yeah, I do have another interview coming up pretty soon. I'm quite excited about. I won't let the cat out of the bag just yet as to who it is. Um, I'll kind of release that one at the time, but it's, I'm pretty excited about this one. It's it's with a a guy um, that I follow on Instagram. Uh, he's a public figure and sort of an influencer and and a real positive influence in his sort of social media community. He does a lot of work sort of with other artists and things like that i've seen him do some collaborations he does a lot of he's a photographer and videographer and and kind of does a lot of spoken word sort of stuff various social media and he's got quite a a decent following as well um yeah and as i said i I follow him and and recently realized we had a few things in common and, and reached out to him and he said he's keen as mustard to do the the podcast so i'm pretty excited about that um, again, I won't reveal any more details than that until when it's done and dusted and, and I put it up. Uh, that one will be a Zoom one, so that'll go straight to YouTube as well. I'm um, looking forward to doing that one and then a few other little pod, uh, little interviews I've got coming up soon as well. So you won't just have to listen to me for very much longer. I do have guests on the on the on the horizon and um, I may have been a little bit lackluster in chasing those down lately but I'm sort of on the ball now and and running uh, getting them all rolling so they'll all be teed up I'll probably go through a big chunk of of interviews in the near future probably every week it's going to be an interview um, for a a period of time which will be cool Uh, I think that's about all I need to talk about for now I think and yeah I'm pretty happy with her where we're at, 35 minutes. Yeah, I didn't go into too much local stuff around town, but that stuff's always on a slow burn anyway, so we can talk about it next time around. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, I hope that you enjoyed me bringing it in with Miley Cyrus 
Yay! Um, I'm a weird dude, man. What do, what do you want me to say? Uh, happy birthday to me. Happy Father's Day to everybody. I'm going to go and drink some alcohol and uh, eat some food now. Um, and I'm going to do a 24-hour fast after tonight. I'm eating dinner tonight and then I'm not going to eat for the entire day. I'm going to eat not till the yeah Monday's dinner time. That's going to be the first 24-hour fast I've done. And then I'm looking at maybe stretching that out a couple of do a couple more fasts uh, leading into, into the end of the year and see if I can build my, myself up to a to a three day water fast just to see if I can do it because the whole not leaving headland no holidays no travel um, you know I'm, I'm in a little bit of groundhog day at the moment and I noticed that um, my training's all right at the moment. It's, I've sort of had a bit of a rejuvenation in my training, but my diet and my drinking is a little bit, it's not really where I want it to be, drinking a little bit too much on the weekends and my, my diet, which I've been really, really good on for the past seven, eight years, is starting to, to slip a bit. I'm a healthy dude. I still look healthy. I still you know eat 90, 80, probably 80% really good food, but I just noticed that slipping, more sugars creeping in, um, and I don't feel that good uh, a lot of the time when I do start having a few beers. I kind of get a bit tired and sluggish and all that. So I'm kind of looking to rattle the box a little bit um, by uh, fasting. I guess it's one way to do it. So we'll see how we go. Definitely doing a 24-hour fast as of tonight and then looking to move towards a two-day fast and maybe a three-day fast just before the Christmas break and um, get those ones in the bag. I did the veg- uh, not vegan, I did the veg- vegetarian thing started this year. I did two months. I did one day off, uh, but vegetarian at the start of this year, or pescatarian, I, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, looking to do a couple of fasts in the second part of this year and rattle my cage a little bit and see if that uh, wakes me up and gets me back on track with my diet. So a bit of useless information there for you, but, hey, it's my podcast. Deal with it. Uh, Average Man podcast episode number 79, Malibu. Done. Over and out. Love you all. Peace.